Sistress History, Part 9, by Trillum Haladron, Associate Dean of Altheric History, University of Gwilin. As discussed by Dean Haladron in the main Sistress History text, the Druids have played a critical role in shaping our understanding of the archipelago. The Isle of Galen has been the heart of the true way since the original diaspora from High Rock, with oral tradition stating it was the site of their first landing in First Era 330. As an aside, some ancient texts claim that before there were Bretons, there were a group of Nettis known as the Druids of Galen, but what we know of them is mostly legend. This document concerns the Druids that eventually reached the Sistress. Otherwise, it is a largely academic term. We can scarcely imagine what it was like in the early days on Galen. No doubt a beautiful, moving contrast to the experience of living in the Dyrene-dominated mainland, finally free to pursue their own spirituality, and gifted with the boundless generosity of the green. The first Druid envoys reshaped the island into a paradise. Many of the legendary sites of power and unique creatures that haunt the deep woods appeared during these early years of Druid occupation. The last Druid king, Khazarayan, was the architect behind the stability and growth during this period. Contemporary accounts place the Druid king in a contemplative space, observing his followers from afar and only intervening when absolutely necessary. Despite this, he committed considerable resources, both magical and mundane, to reinforcing the Druid's new home. We need only read modern accounts of the chimeras, the forest wraiths, and even more strange phenomena stalking the ancient stones of Galen to know this to be true. The Druid King's death is steeped in mystery, with some accounts stating he simply retired to the hinterlands of the Sistress. In this version of events, the Druid King passed away peacefully, still lauded and revered by his people, but allowed his privacy and preferred isolation. In other accounts, something violent and foul put an end to his reign abruptly. Were some Druids pushing for a return to High Rock and forced to strike down their former oppressors? With few written records and conflicting oral traditions, we may never know for sure. Over the centuries that followed the Druid King's death, the Deep Green was sacrosanct, when the Sinistral Assault of First Era 660 destroyed many of the physical records of the time. It seems many of the Druids themselves survived the invasion of the left-handed elves. By retreating to the interior of Galen, the children of Kassarain were able to array the full might of their defenses against these invaders. While Dean Haladrin suggests that the eruption of Mount Firesong in First Era 668 may be somehow related to the Red Mountain disaster, I have found evidence the Druids themselves may have coaxed the volcano on Ifalan to life. While Druids died in the wake of the blast, to be sure, their sacred sites at the heart of Galen largely survived, and I have found ample evidence to suggest that was no coincidence. Though the Dreoif, the ruling council of Druids, did not publicly participate in the formation of the All Flags Navy many centuries later, I have found several contemporaneous accounts that attest Druids did sail with the Armada. They acted as weather soothers, and wayfinders on the journey to Thrace, and may have even played a role in the sinking of the continent. Though to be clear, it is merely speculation on my part, based on what scant records survive. What is clear, however, is that the wounded and maimed among the navy were tended to extensively by Druidic healers upon Baron Admiral Olo's return. Druidic faith, and their facility for healing, came into focus again after a second eruption of Mount Firesong near the end of the First Era, while the remaining local nobility and mainland dukes were happy to allow Cistrian commoners to starve, the Fire Song, Eldertide, and in particular stone lore circles, deployed across the islands. They soothed the flames from the volcano, built shelters for the homeless, healed burns, and grew new supplies to sustain the displaced. The use of druidic words like Veilti, Dreg, and Gechi in common parlance among the people of the Sistress stems from this period in history. 
known colloquially as the Green Years. This marks one of the most vigorous, participatory moments in Druidic history, where every member of the True Way left their sacred sites and the Deep Green to ensure their friends, neighbors, and families would survive. This brings us to recent history, the endless procession of ownership that has seen the Sistress Archipelago pass from House Guimard to various versions of the Empire, to Britonic coin lords, to House Mornard, and now, of course, to semi-independent stewardship by the Daggerfall Covenant and House Dufour. Throughout these changes, the Druids of Galen have maintained their ancient traditions, barely noting the passing of documents in a gilded counting house in some distant land. Most of the lords and ladies that manage these islands have seen fit to allow the Dreoif to hold their own council, only interceding when necessary. In particular, the somewhat disgraced House Marnard has a long history of tolerating the Druid circles. In fact, both groups represent mirrored tales on the island of Galen, one foot planted firmly in the past, and the other on the sands of an uncertain future. 